One, two, three, four, I'm testing. Peace, my people. What's cracking? Welcome to yet another episode of ADQ's Renaissance. I'm your host with the most, keeping it 100 from coast to coast. Through God, I boast. A D Q. Yo, we got a powerful episode for you today. A powerful, 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 powerful episode. You just may come out of this episode with more money. Ladies and gentlemen, my homegirl Tiffany Grant is returning to the Renaissance. Yes, she is returning to the Renaissance with more financial power to talk about. But before, before we chop it up with her, first thing first, I want you all to know. I had a conversation uh, prior to logging on. A conversation that made me think about my childhood and everything. And the crazy thing is... Um, me and Tiffany's last conversation was on her podcast, Money Talk with Tiff. Shout out to her for having me. Um, we were talking about mental health. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I have <coughs> wrestled with mental health my entire life. I mean, bruh, like, I was suicidal from age... From age, I'll say from age 11 to 32. I'm 34 now. Three years, that's three years of not having suicidal thoughts. Um, a lot of things occurred in my uh, childhood. Things occurred in my childhood and a little bit in my adulthood. You know, just things that I'm not going to get into. That you know wrecked my mental state heavily, and um, no one, and you know, it wasn't until I was an adult that someone just looked me in my eye and told me, You matter, you are loved, there are people who are glad you are here. It's like once I got into uh, working with children, you know, that that's where, you know, the wheels started turning and I started to make a turn for a lighter, more different state of mind. So I just I just want to say to you, to all of you who are listening, God loves you. I love you. I am glad that you are here. I am glad that you are listening to me. I am glad that you exist. I am glad that you get whatever it is you get from my podcast. I am glad that you get whatever it is you get from my from my existence. And I am glad that you, in your own way, are making your mark on the world and making the world a better place in your own way. Thank you for existing. I want to tell you all that all the time. Thank you for existing you make the world a better place and please please tell that to somebody because somebody needs to hear it somebody has been dogged out dragged through the mud 
you know, just heard nothing but hateful and hurtful things their entire lives. Tell them that they matter. Everybody running around here saying black lives matter, which is true. But tell a friend that their life matters and their existence in the world makes the world a better place. So so that being said, I can get into this, um, this, 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 I ain't fanning myself because it's hot here, here in Castle Quarles. I can get into this campaign rally. I'm doing air quotes. I can get into uh, Kanye West's campaign rally in which I was looking at it. I was like, wow, this is really happening. I can talk about that, but everybody else is talking about it. I like to be different. I could talk about, you know, August uh, uh, Asani, whatever his last name is. I could talk about um, the word entanglement. I could talk about that song Entanglement and how that was like, and how he and Rick Ross was throwing heavy shots at Jay Pickett. I can talk about that. But the whole world's talking about that. So why? You know, why? You want my perspective on it? Here's my perspective on it. Breonna Taylor's uh, killer still haven't been called. There you go. There's my perspective on it. Now, y'all know how I like to start every episode. In the word. So seeing as how my guest, Tiffany Grant, is like a financial whiz. You know, money is her business. Let's talk about money scripturally. First of all, let's go to... 1st Timothy chapter 6 verse 10 do, 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 do. love my Bible love, love my <coughs> I love my Bible so much that I'm getting the NLT I was about to give y'all that NIV now I'm about to give y'all the NLT go in my book bag I call this my road Bible because I take it on the road with me Passport, book by book about Holly Selassie. Boom, here we go. Also, let's see if I can find my Marcus Garvey book. Boom. All right, we're going to see what he has to say about economics in just a minute. All right, now let's see. Proverbs. No, we're going to go. First Timothy chapter six verse ten. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. First thing first. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Okay, so, um. I ain't gonna lie, I love money, but I love money because I don't want to ever be homeless again. I love money because I like my bills being paid. I love money because I like being able to travel and go places. I like not having to worry about where my where my next meal is coming from and stuff. So that's why I love money, but I don't love money to do evil by people. <clears throat> God has something to say to those who do 
use money to do evil by people. And it's over in James chapter 5, verses 4 through 6. And it says, um, For listen, hear the cries of the field workers, whom you have cheated of their pay. The cries of those who harvest your fields have reached the ears of the Lord of heaven's armies. You have spent your years on earth in luxury, satisfying your every desire. This really sounds like Donald Trump right now. I'm just saying. <clears throat> you have fattened yourselves for the day of slaughter. You have condemned and killed innocent people who do not resist you. America. <laughs> All right, so there's a wealth of financial talk in Proverbs. So let's get into that. First, let's start off with Proverbs 22, 16. And it says, A person who gets ahead by oppressing the poor or showering gifts on the rich will end in poverty. Boom. Let's go to 22, 1, yo. Uh, I love this one. I love this one. Choose a good reputation over great riches. Being held in high esteem is better than silver or gold. I pray that the name ADQ, the name Adrian Quarles, means more to you all. Mean, uh, brings great memories. Brings great things to you all. So, and to wrap that up, let's see. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 13. 11 and then 22 wealth from get rich quick schemes quickly disappears wealth from hard work grows over time good people leave an inheritance to their grandchildren but the sin's wealth passes to the godly so y'all heard all that we set the mood we are going to talk about money today I'm failing myself because it's extremely hot up in here. Ha <laughs> uh, Let's see. Let's see what real quick. Let's see what Marcus Garvey had to say about economics. Let's see here. Thank you all again for joining me today. I greatly appreciate it. It's Sunday evening. You know we're getting ready for Monday. This is a good idea. This is a, this is a good idea. To you know, give yourself some goals as you go into work on Monday. Alright, here's what Marcus Garvey says. A race that is solely dependent upon another for its economic existence sooner or later dies. As we have in the past been living upon the mercies shown us by others and by the chances of attainable and have suffered therefrom so will we in the future suffer if an effort is not made now to adjust our own affairs it is only a question of time when the african economically dependent on as he is on the white man <clears throat> will be forced to the wall and that the solution of the problem in the future would not be so much by wholesale killing or wiping out of african populations but by well-organized economic starvation. We're going to talk about that economic starvation in a minute. You know what I'm saying? Um, Also, I just want to say also, I want to give a birthday shout-out to my little sister. 
my ride or die, my pop, my best friend, my tag team partner, my little cousin, Tia Watkins. She is 31 today. Happy birthday to Tia. Yesterday, my little my little cousin. Um, man, I got all these cousins who are cancers. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Um, um, shout out to my little cousin, my little my little mama, Amani Shanice Morris, who um was Nazi during the during the rehearsals and will be Nazi um in Battle of the Books. Yo, yo. Like for real, I'm gonna tell y'all this, and I'm sure parents um, can uh, relate. So yesterday, yesterday I wanted to wish Amani a happy birthday. Um, so I called her, and she sent me a text saying, um, "On the phone with my auntie." I said, so I texted her back saying, "Okay, call me back. Okay, hit me back when you can uh, when you finish." She texted me back saying, "Okay." And I sat there and realized to myself, oh my God. I still remember changing Amani's diaper. I still remember her falling asleep on me when she was when she was like two. I remember carrying her. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm texting her. I remember her before she could even talk. And now I'm texting her. It's crazy. So happy birthday to Amani. I love you so much. I love her so I love her so much. She makes me she makes me want my own kids. Now that <clears throat> I got that mushiness out of my system. Y'all sit back, pull out a pen and paper, and let's talk about how we can financially and economically elevate our people. We about to holler at my sister, my homegirl, Tiffany Grant. Y'all keep it locked, this ADQ's Renaissance. Yo, 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 welcome back to ADQ Renaissance, my people. It's your boy, your host with the most, keeping a thousand, a hundred, two billion from coast to coast. ADQ. <clears throat> now, my guest, we have a return guest, my people. We have a return guest. This young lady is a financial guru. You know what I'm saying? She has his financial guru status. She's so much of a financial guru that I'm hearing things. <laughs> Last time we talked to her, Miss, but now she is Mrs. with the R. That's right, she got a ring on it. She is Mrs. Tiffany Grant. Welcome back, my sister. Thank you, thank you. Peace, peace. <laughs> peace. Uh, since the last time you've been here, yo, you put a ring on it. You are now tied. You are now tied, locked down for life, right? Yeah, and you know what? It has been the best feeling ever. It has been really good so far. Well, congratulations to you and your new husband. Congratulations to both of y'all. Thank you, thank you. Now, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for coming back to this podcast. This is our third interview. This, I feel like this is going to be the fun. What do you think? I think it's going to be fun. It's always fun, though. <laughs> Let's see, I might end, I might mess around and piss you off. I hope not though. 
<laughs> well, we'll see. <laughs> it's hard to piss me off, though. It's very hard. I don't know. You looked a little fired up in your uh, Facebook post early. You know what I'm saying? Were you like channeling? Were you like channeling Sunday, Sunday spirits of those who are at churches preaching right now, or did were you like feel convicted about your about what you had to say and you just had to deliver it passionately? Yeah, I don't know. So I just have these thoughts sometimes, and I'm like, to me. Oh, go ahead. I said, write your book. Look away. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. Actually, I am. <laughs> That's one thing that I want to do about it before the end of the year. But sometimes I have these thoughts, and I'm like, for I'm getting this thought for a reason. Somebody probably needs to hear this, so let me put it out there. And so that's why, you know, I go live on Facebook or I'll type up something. I'm not really upset at all. <laughs> a lot of times it doesn't even have anything to do with anything that I have going on. It's just something's like, speak on this subject. And then it's crazy because once I do it, it's like a lot of people be like, dang, I needed that. I needed that. I needed that. So I just keep acting on what's given given to me. So the message that you the message that you did give was about pe about people tripping about people quote unquote stealing their stealing their stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm yeah. gonna tell you what I got from that. Because I did watch it. And you know, I wasn't just scrolling and uh, and 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 promoting my podcast. I was watching it. <laughs> you know, whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever comes out of your brain, is golden. So, people copying each other. This way, I, this way, I look at that. Um, you're you're right. Nothing is original. Everything got something from somewhere. You know what I'm saying? Also. You, you were talking about how you have expanded beyond Greensboro, beyond North Carolina. Well, if somebody is copying you and it's someone who has come after you, that's because you're not supposed to vibrate in the current space that you're in right now. It's time for you to progress. Um, also, maybe you're vibrating or you're operating in the wrong space. Maybe you're supposed to be Maybe it's supposed to be somewhere else doing something else. A lot of us put a whole lot of time and energy in things that we're not even supposed to be doing. Exactly. And see, that's when, you know, the spirit will tell you to move. It's just up to you whether you are um, in tune with what's going on or you're trying to force something that's not supposed to be. And a lot of people not only do this in business, but relationships, career, a lot of things. Like you'll keep getting these signs, they keep getting these confirmations, but you keep doing what you're doing because you're comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Um, so you know, sometimes you have to look beyond comfort. Um, one of my favorite quotes is everything you've ever wanted is on the other side of fear. I believe in that. I live that on a daily basis. So if I feel like I'm super scared of something, it's probably something that I really need to do. Yeah, because because um, your greatest accomplishments, accomplishments in life elevate you and you cannot be elevated from a, from a place of comfort. You could be elevated from a place of strength and it is is conquering your greatest fear <clears throat> excuse me it's conquering the, your greatest fear that is going to embolden you and make you stronger mm -hmm. exactly 
Like, I'm scared of heights, right? Me too. <laughs> However, I've been in airplanes high in the sky, um, feeling like feeling like turbulence, feeling like feeling the plane shaking, saying saying God. Yo, I don't know what this pilot is on, but I may be coming home a little sooner than planned. <laughs> but you know what's crazy? Um, because I'm scared of heights too. And I don't really like being on planes. You know, I'm always nervous. What if it, you know, something happens at takeoff or landing or we just fall out the air or whatever. But the silver lining is sometimes that is the best sleep. <laughs> and so all of that to say, like, Sometimes you go through things and your mind is playing tricks on you. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, what am I doing? Maybe I need to stop. Maybe I need to not go. Maybe I need to do this, do that, do this. But sometimes it could be the best thing that ever happened to you. But you would have never known if you didn't take that chance. You say it could be the best sleep. It might we don't want to be sleep that good because you might never <laughs> cut it out. <laughs> I know you fell asleep on the plane before. <laughs> yeah, 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 I almost did, but I said, no, I, I won't be wide awake. I'll, I'll watch a movie, pull out a book, just start a random conversation with someone who was sitting nearby, which is something that I would like to get into, right? Mm-hmm. I would start a random conversation with someone nearby, right? Anybody who knows me knows that I'm a conversationalist. Mm-hmm. When I was in New York airport, uh, once when I was in New York airport, I, I just, you know, I was half asleep, so I was a little deranged, but I started a conversation with someone, and, you know, I was telling the brother about the South. I looked across me and who I see, but David didn't tell my little man. That's our conversation. So, <clears throat> so there's a reason why, there's a reason why com- being a conversationalist um, is very beneficiary because what what can you do while being while being while being in a conversation you can network right mm-hmm. network is networking is pretty much the key to an important business right yeah. um so, so i mean that's how we met right we just started a conversation then all of a sudden you know i'm like oh i got a podcast or oh, i got this business and that conversation like if you think about it out of everything we could have possibly talked about we could have just not said anything <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah that's so, awesome we live right live drivers so go ahead <laughs> but um i'm your fr- friendly neighborhood rise your driver but um <laughs> we could have just not talked we could have just talked about the weather or talked about something totally different but we happened to talk about that one thing and now look you've been on my podcast i've been on yours twice we're still in contact helping each other things like that so you never know who you're gonna meet that's why that's why in this generation where people are like texting each other while standing side by side or um where social awkwardness or or where social awkwardness is at all-time high you gotta get past that and be able to network or else i don't know what your business is you may have something that could cure cancer how i know excuse me how i know if you ain't gonna open up and uh, talk to me right 
exactly so i tell people all the time network 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 it's not what you know half the time is who you know now i'm going to tell you about i'm going to give you an example of a pitch that i heard before that completely turned me off from anything that someone uh, had to offer right mm-hmm. here's the pitch hey bro what up bro so you know bro i got this thing bro uh yeah now nah, me you know nah, nah, nah. i'm like okay okay i was listening to your fans talking then you're gonna walk away i'm gonna take the car that you gave me and uh probably wipe my behind with it <laughs> what is uh adequate you're a businesswoman and if so, say someone wanted to introduce themselves to you to be like a future employee or even an intern or be a mentee for for you what is uh, what is the way you would prefer someone introduce themselves to you okay so whether you are pitching yourself to an employer or you're pitching yourself to a potential customer or a potential business or whatever do not sell right so so you want to sell but not sell and how you do that is you tell stories so for instance let's say somebody came to me and was like um you know i you know tell me their story started pulling at the the heartstrings you know a little bit then they're like and you know I really wanted to be a financial coach. Can you take me under your wing? I'm more apt to say yes at that time because I'm more emotionally invested in the conversation. And so, you know, I have a friend, her name is Octavia Harris. She talks all the time about um, storytelling marketing and it works. I mean, we see it all the time. If you look at commercials, if you look at TV shows, things like that, they typically tell a story and they do that because they get into your psyche and then they make the sale. Okay, so here is how I marketed about this is how I marketed Battle of the Books. My most recent play that I released is on YouTube right now. You can check it out. Okay, that's one way I marketed it. Here's another way I marketed it. Okay, I like this. <clears throat> tell me this. Does your son or daughter an endless amount of time running up your electricity bill on video games. Fortnite. I mean, what's a Fortnite, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm from I'm from an era where there was I'm from an era there was seven nights. What's a Fortnite? You know what I'm saying? So you and I can both agree that if we do not act swiftly and vividly, we may stumble upon the most the the least liter, literate. Um, generation possible. Can't say um. Gotta sound confident. <laughs> we might just uh, stumble upon the most, the least literate generation possible. So, I have a play that I am about to present. It's called Battle of the Books. That's right. I named it after the book competition in order to fully, direct, to fully drive. The message of reading. Personally, I think that it would behoove you and your family to, you know, get an hour to it. Just an hour. You got 24 hours in the day. Just an hour. And you can spend the next 23 hours 
um, thanking God that you no longer have a five hundred dollar light bill. <laughs> so how was that? Right. And so, which one did better? Hmm. Which one? Which approach had more interaction? Well, yours or mine? No, between your two, like the way you promoted Battle of the Books. I mean, of course, I'm going to think that anything I do is great. But right. not, not really, really. I think it was mine because my, I think it was the second one because it was more thought out. First one was like, brother didn't know what he's talking about. Right. And not only that, you didn't really say what it's about, why you should watch, why should you care, that type of thing. But in the second one, you did. And so you got into, because, you know, when you say, do your kids spend endless hours playing Fortnite? I'm like, heck yeah, they do. <laughs> you know? So now I have emotion in it. And so now I'm more apt because I. I actually saw Battle of the Books and I enjoyed it and it was awesome and I was like I sent you a message that night and I was like you know this was a, a relief because you know we sitting in the house who would have thought I could sit and watch a play you know while I'm in the house uh, social distancing and so I was like this is an excellent idea and you know me and my husband watched it together now I watched it partially because I know your story you know what I'm saying? Because I've watched another play that you did, and I, I really enjoyed that one. And, you know, you talked about your story on the podcast, and I know why you do what you do. And so I'm like, this brother is using this as his outlet. Let me support him. Let me watch. You know what I'm saying? And so it just goes to show that if you can build an emotion around what you're trying to sell or your brand or anything like that then you'll win your audience over not only that but it is familiarizing yourself with who your customer is Mm. it's not necessarily just forming client clientele it's also forming a relationship right exactly exactly you got to know who you're marketing to and what they care about yeah like when you was uh marketing yourself to me and stuff you know uh we ended up becoming friends Mm-hmm. I'm strong. I'm strong. Not the only one who that's happened to. Yeah, because you know, I I'm very vulnerable and open, and I have candid, honest conversations with people. And then I feel like when people feel that energy, then they reciprocate. You know what I'm saying? And so if I'm giving you good energy. You're going to want to give good energy back to me, whether that's in the form of supporting the work that I do or, you know, telling somebody else about it or saying that you really like what I'm doing. Whatever way you go about it is because of the energy that I'm pouring into you. Well, I will say that the energy that you have uh, sent my way has been great energy. And yeah, I do feel like I do feel like I'm talking to a really good friend. That's why when I was looking to invest into stocks and bonds and whatnot, I asked you for some. Uh, I asked you for some advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's another thing too. Like it keeps you top of mind. If you, for instance, um, let's talk about mayhem, right? From Allstate. 
with the mayhem commercials they got into your emotions so like for instance with the gps when his face was the gps and he was like turn right now you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's like dang that's crazy because that could really happen like people talk about gps is like that all the time and so when they did that now you'll keep remembering that commercial and you'll keep remembering mayhem is always getting into stuff and then you keep remembering that Allstate is the brand behind Mayhem. You know what I'm saying? So next time you're looking for car insurance, you might think of Mayhem. Like, oh, maybe I should reach out to them. And so that's why it's important to make those connections with your customers. It is. Now, there is one way that you can completely completely mess up a connection. And this has happened with me recently. <clears throat> Uh, sounds like it seems like I got ne- nothing but negative stories, but I got good stories. But this just happened to happen. I'm not going to call anybody out, but I'd say there is this young lady whose services I used to utilize very much, right? Um, I said at one point, can I come through at a certain time to make use of your services, right? Sounds real sketchy, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, let me de sketch it. Dang, I sound like I'm buying drugs. <laughs> right? okay. It sounds like you're doing something crazy. <laughs> okay, so, okay, let's rewind this. In the past year plus, I have been growing my hair out, right? Uh-huh. I have lots now. It look, they look like some straight up free form joints right now. I, I love having locks. I think I look great with locks. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady who you the the lady who used to do my hair, uh, she's she's done it twice. She brought me kind of like into the uniform lock game because before that, I was just sponging my hair and it looked a mess. It looked a god awful mess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. She kept saying, come back after two months. But two months is that going long, yo. But, so, I wanted to come back at a certain... I wanted to come back at a certain time. It was after, like, two months standard. I asked if I could come through. Uh, I asked if I could come through at a certain time. She said no. No explanation, none of that. Just no. Hmm. Now... She's a great young, she's a great person. She has a great heart. You tell she's a really nice person. However, all of the all of the uh transactions of services take place off of supply and demand. If I give my demand and you don't have the supply, I mean Greensboro is filled with people who who could do my hair. Mm-hmm. So if you if all you're giving me is a no and not a reason if all you're giving me is a no and not a reason then uh i'm just gonna say okay so i guess you're just not interested in helping me out and you expect me to walk around uh july heat with a big monster pro i ain't having that sure i got girls to holler at i'm about to go (laughs) i'm about to go see who, who else can hook me up I went to this lady. Shout out to Miss uh, Miss uh, Rachel Edwards. She hooked me up. Uh, I felt like I was in an actual salon. 
Um, I got to celebrate how my hair is growing. I mean, it's longer than it's ever been my entire life. Nice. Um, she was available. She was really, she was really pleasant, really nice to talk to, and all of that. And my, and my homegirl, I mean, and my sister Keisha, highly recommended her. Old girl who, old girl who did my hair before. I hope that her business thrives and stuff. But then she put out, um, put out um, uh, a explanation on Facebook that you know she was going on, she was going to, she was uh, going on vacation, birthday vacation. And that she was not going to respond to uh, anybody. And personally, you know, no shade on it, but that's a bad way to do business. See, this is way I see it. You know what I'm saying? This is why I see it. If you are an up and coming business, you want to keep your customer faithfully faithful and happy at all times. Mm-hmm. When you are an up and coming business, even I'm when you're right. established, what? Even when you're an established business, you still want to keep your customers happy. Exactly, especially if your business is something that is done by a lot of people in your immediate city or area. You want to figure. You want to figure it out. I mean, you want to. You want to establish yourself as someone who stands out from the rest. Like, I write. You've seen how I write. I'm hoping that the way I write is different from other from other play from other playwrights that you've seen or heard from. Um, what you want to do is in your supply and demand, you want to give a supply that is better than the kind of like Frank Lucas said. Better and cheaper than the than the competition. Mm-hmm. However, you want to be on top of the, the the people with the demand. Vacation, you know, great. Yes, take a vacation, take some time away. But you gotta give reasons and stuff, or else you are going to lose your customer. Am I right, or am I just petty? <laughs> no, you're right. I mean, it's important um, to keep your customers happy because bad news travels way faster than good news. So as a business owner, you can do something right a thousand, hundred thousand times. But if one person gets a bad experience or has a bad experience, that can ruin everything. And it can only be that once in a million person <laughs> But at the same time, if that word gets out that they didn't have a good time, that affects your future revenue. So, you know, I'm glad that you didn't, you know, go off or, you know, tell everybody that, you know, like this was horrible, horrible, horrible and mention names and, you know, do all of that. But at the same time, that's what you would do if, let's say, McDonald's did something wrong. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, well, 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 well. Um, McDonald's does something wrong just by existing. <laughs> this is true. But if okay, let's not use McDonald's. That was a bad example. But you know, if you if there's a store that you really really like, and usually you get good service, and then you go one time you get bad service, you gotta let everybody you know know 
<laughs> you're gonna be like i don't believe such and such let's use chick-fil-a then because chick-fil-a usually has superior service <laughs> so it's like if they get a sandwich wrong you like dang y'all chick-fil-a got my order wrong this that and the other even though any other time it would have been right so that's why it's important to make sure that your customers your clients are happy and if they're not happy have a conversation with them and see why because sometimes it could be um uh, constructive criticism if they might be experiencing something that somebody else might experience that experience that's why they don't buy from you no more and so ask for that feedback and that way you will prevent other people from doing the same thing well it's not my style to drag people's name through the mud and talk junk about that's people good. but but there is a lot of people out there who will do that who will mm-hmm social media and roast you now i'm gonna tell you something that you did recently that that completely opposes my quarrel no pun intended with old girl that you done here's where i'm going with this when you got ma- when you and your husband got married which i don't even know what how in the world y'all get married was it just for the peace was it a satellite wedding i don't know what it was <laughs> when you got married when you caught your big daggone fish, you you further the narrative of letting your clientele into your circle. You told your clients what is going on with your life. Mm-hmm. That uh like like I think we live in I think we live in a, in a moment in time where the more I know about you, the more comfortable I feel um, look, giving you my business. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of times, um, <clears throat> you know, for instance, I'm, I'm very open and honest with everything that I do, right? You follow me on Facebook. I'm very active there. And, you know, if something crazy happened to me or something good happened or whatever, I like to share it out because I never know who might need to hear that information or who I might touch with that information, right? So, like, for instance, um, when, I, when I made the announcement that I was married, you know, there was people like, oh, you know, Tiffany got married. That's awesome. Maybe I can get married too. Or, you know, it, it could be something like that. And for me, I like to give people hope and into what's possible. So like when you said, yeah, when you cut that big old fish, maybe somebody out there is like, dang, I can catch a fish. Tiffany can catch a fish. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So um, that's why I share as much as I do and like you said it builds a connection like you're more likely to make a sale without selling if you have that connection with somebody so like a lot of my so for instance a lot of my clients I don't sell to anybody I don't sell all of the clients that I currently have they came to me because they know my story and they know what quality information I put out and they're like you know I want to work with you like let's see what we can do and so um so yeah that's what it is and then I love it because 
I have a following where they support me a hundred percent. Like I don't know what I would do if I did not have my following because when people are asking like, what's a financial coach in Greensboro? Other people are tagging me. I don't even have to be anywhere near that post. Like I don't even have to know the people, but people will still tag me. And that's because they think so highly of me and they know I know what I'm talking about. And to me, that is the greatest compliment. Yeah, it is. It definitely, it definitely is, and you are definitely one of one of a kind because other financial people that I know feel like y'all are being sold something, which you won't being sold something too. But you know, I'm also like, I'm also being, but I'm being sold something without being sold something if that makes any sense. But I'm being sold something by a very gen, by a very genuine spirit. Now, let's see. Now, um. <clears throat> This is the part that this is the part that might piss you off a little bit. <laughs> okay. We had a bit of a discussion on social media about I mean on Facebook while the protests were going on about how I kept on saying we as a people need to hold our dollar and hold our vote. And I still believe that. Mm-hmm. You don't really believe that. Mm-hmm. So, so what's your position on it? So I wholeheartedly believe that we should hold our dollar. I feel like we should definitely spend with our own people because that's what everybody else does. And we're really behind the times on that. And (laughs) we really need to, you know, I I like I liked what's going what was going on with the protests and now everybody's supporting black business and things like that. We should have been doing it, but you know what? I'm grateful for the great awakening, I like to call it, right? Because more people are waking up to this is how we build wealth. This is how we start getting ahead. This is how we, you know, progress as a community. And so I'm appreciative of that. Now, (laughs) I don't really agree with holding the vote. And here's why. Even if every single black person in America holds their vote this upcoming election, right? Guess what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Trump will get reelected. Somebody, it doesn't matter who, I'm just saying, somebody is going to get elected. So I say that to say they're going to go on with or without us. And so, you know, it sounds good and, you know, even if it was to happen it still wouldn't be a huge change because that just tells them okay if all black people are holding their vote we don't need to market to them no more we only market into them so we can have them choose who they want to vote for so if they no longer want to vote okay we just don't market to them no more and therefore we don't have to pretend like we care about their issues okay so i got a retort to that before I do, I'm going to read something Marcus Garvey said. He said, remodel yourselves, remake yourselves mentally and spiritually. Place responsibility in your own two hands. You are responsible for what you are. You are responsible for what you want to be. And in the final analysis, you are responsible to the creator for having failed or achieved this purpose for you. I read that because I say this. Um, how do I put, how do I put this? Okay, if 
Democrat, if Democratic politicians, if, if politicians from the Democratic Party are going to stop uh, fooling people who look like us into thinking that they're on our side, good, good, very good. Maybe then we will all collectively come together and put together a 10 point true black agenda and we will and we will come up and we will come up with a candidate who is ready to run up against the candidates of the major parties. If black people were to if black people were to divest from the Democratic Party, oh we could do some damage. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um what if your what, what if we took what if we took religion, social status, um well, hold on. well, we took religion, social status, sexual orientation, political, uh, political affiliation. Well, we took all that off the table and just kept on the table the fact that we are black. And when you get down to the nitty gritty of it, what affects you affects me in some way. You know what I'm saying? If we were to put all that on the table, completely aligned together and um pledge to one and you know pledge to one another then we won't need the democratic party and those and black people who are conservatives we wouldn't need we wouldn't need the republican party either we'll be able to do our own thing and i'm telling you obama got into office because black people vote came out for him in droves mm-hmm. trump got into office because black people did not come out in droves for hillary like they like like people thought that they thought that shit, thought that we would. Now, what was you about to say? I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, I was gonna say, um, you know, I completely understand where you're coming from, and I feel like, yeah, if we had an alternative candidate, and we can get every single person, black person or a person of color, brown, whatever, to vote for that one person, then yeah, we would be doing something. But holding. <laughs> I'm just not even gonna <laughs> I don't even have words there. Um, so and he backed out anyway. But um <laughs> Yeah, we're in South Carolina today. But um even if like that would be great. Like if we can put more focus into voting for people that cared more about us, like and not just the presidential election, it really starts with your local elections. Because you have to realize, really, the people that affect your lives on a daily basis are your local officials. And so if we make a conscious effort to vote for people that are only for our cause or, you know, for us, then that would be great. But a lot of times, none of us even go to the local elections. We only show up if we do for presidential elections. And by that time, it's kind of too late. Like the president, like it makes a difference who's in office, but on the day-to-day 
you know how you are or whatever it's really not the president that's making all the decisions it's your local governor your local mayor and things like that i mean look at the shutdowns right it's the governors of the states that are saying okay this is what we're going to do or this is what we're not going to do or if masks are mandatory if they're not mandatory things like that it's not necessarily the president you get what i'm saying Mm-hmm. And so I feel like holding our vote at this point for this upcoming election is not going to do anything but make us silent. And so what we need to do is we do need to get out and vote now. Who to vote for? I don't really get into politics. And really, at the end of the day, everything is all like kind of pre-set up anyway as far as you know, if this person wins, this is the agenda they're going to do. If this person wins, this is the agenda they're going to do, and so on and so forth. But um, I do feel like voting is important, and I feel as though we need to do our ancestors a service and exercise that right. Because a lot of people, um, you know, went through hell just for this right to vote. And I'm like, if I don't use this right, it's like my ancestors did all of that, all of that fighting, all of that marching, all of that being discriminated against, spit on whatever, when they went to go vote, they did all of that for no reason, for nothing. And so that's one reason why I get out and vote at every single election and um, exercise that right. Because there's some people that would love to have that right. I mean, like look at like ex-felons, for instance, they get the right stripped away. It's not right, but they do. And they're like, dang, I wish I could get involved. I wish I could do this. And for me, I feel like it's selfish if we don't use it. Okay, so um, we won't quote Garvey again. It says, um, he says, hence for the African to depend on the ballot and his industrial progress alone, it'll be hopeless as it does not help when he is lynched, burned, Jim Crow, and segregated. The future of the African, therefore, outside outside Africa, spells ruin and disaster. Okay, I don't want to be that negative, but I'll just say... <clears throat> I was saying we'll shut down the political uh, discussion here. Um, uh, the, the political part here. I'll just say I I'll just say I say to my ancestors, yo, thank you for all you did. Thank you for all the fighting you did. Thank you for the freedom riding you did. Thank you for all the sitting in you did. Thank you for all of that. Thank you for fighting for my right to vote. But at this particular juncture. We are, I am still paying police officers my money. I'm still paying police officers my money to kill me. That's low. That's low for me. Nationally, the two the two people you got going for the two people you got going for the Oval Office is the devil and Satan. That's just the way I feel. Now, as far as holding, now as far as holding one's dollar, here in this particular in these COVID times, Tiffany, you okay? Mm-hmm. I'm listening. Okay, okay, just the way it was going. Mm, mm. 
Sound like someone who's catching spirit. But anyway. <laughs> here in these COVID times, it is apparent and obvious that we cannot and when I say we, I'm talking about us, African people. Um, it's obvious that we cannot handle our dollar the way we did in pre-COVID times. In fact, the way we handled our dollar in pre-COVID time was very precarious to say the least. So, do I get amen, a yay, or nay? Do I? Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I mm-hmm. Come on, I need you affirming, affirming me now. Oh Lord, <laughs> you need the words of affirmation. <laughs> yes. Number one, you're a black woman. Number two, you're the dollar expert here. I'm an act. I'm an actor who's trying to get on your get on your level with this. How am I doing so far? Good. You're doing great. <laughs> this has been fun so far. Thank you. So, um, obviously, we obviously. We need to rework and rehandle the way that we uh, handle our dollar. Now, as much as we look at Kanye West and pray, shake our heads, want to throw something at him, or feel for him because the man's really hurting over his mom. But as much as we look at all, look at him and want to do all that these days. He said something really dope, really powerful in one of his lyrics one, once upon a time. It was in his song, All Falls Down. He said, oh, yeah. the what? I said, oh yeah, I love um, that whole album, actually. Yes. He has this line. I spent 400 bucks on this. Just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this. And I can't even go to the grocery store without some ones that's cleaning a shirt full of teens. You know what I'm saying? Um, Will Smith said black people spend too much money that she, that that we don't have to impress people that we don't like. So obviously within our community there needs to be a swift rehandling of how we handle our money. What does that look like to you? So so first and foremost um you know, right now I am reading a book. Well, really listening. It's not audible, but uh, listening slash reading a book called *The Color of Law*, and it shows how a lot of things that affect our money is um, part of the system. So it's systematic, right? So right. we're programmed at this point. Okay, so actually, I was just listening to earlier today, Crazy Bone from Bone Thugs and Harmony. He Woo! has a podcast. To the Bone Thugs and I'm sorry, go ahead. Right. So he has a podcast, and I was listening to the episode. It's called um, The Music Industry Exposed, right? Definitely, definitely, definitely listening to it because it's so true. So what he's saying is. The reason why all of these rappers and, you know, artists sound the same and they're pushing the same message and things like that is because the people that own the record labels own portions of the the private prison system. And so for them, 
they need people to push the same message. So they need people to push, you know, doing drugs, shooting up people, not giving a F, you know, all of this, all of that. They need people to push that agenda and that message so that way they can keep feeding the prison system and that way they can keep padding their pockets. So not only are they getting paid off of the artists, but they're also getting paid residuals from the message that the artist is pushing right and so he goes into really it's like a 45 minute episode but he was given like somebody gave him a first hand account of how one of those meetings went and if you sit here and think about it it's so true like using schools and using um music and using things like that all of it set up so that you can be institutionalized so whether that looks like going to jail or that looks like being in corporate america or working at a job or that looks like um going to the military right they want you to fall in one of those three baskets and that's why you know, in schools and stuff, it's hard for a child that wants to be an entrepreneur because that's not what they're taught. They're taught to go to work, be on time, do good work, you know, you'll be rewarded, things like that. And so they're training us up from the time that we're children, like real young, to to fall into one of those three buckets. And so, um, I don't know. It, it's just it's just a crazy situation. But like he said in the interview, you know, there's nothing we can really do now. Like things is so ingrained. Like he was saying how all of the conscious rappers, so like people like J. Cole and, you know, Common, people like that, like they'll be hot for a little while. But if they not pushing the message that they want them to push, it's they're going to quote unquote fall off right that doesn't mean that they rap any worse than what they used to it's just that the people that are promoting the music kind of push them to the side so they can get somebody in real quick that's gonna do what they need them to do and he made another point and cut me off from talking too much but he (laughs) he made another point and he was like the same people that own these big um, record labels and things like that, they own the media too. So if there's an artist that they really want to push and they really want to make hot because they're saying what they need them to say, they're going to publish them on the front page of the magazine or they're going to publish them, you know, give them prime spots on TV or whatever the case is because that's what they're trying to push. And that's the narrative that they want. So I was talking to my husband a little while ago because we was watching this same podcast episode together because it's on YouTube. And I was like, right now, I feel like the agenda that's being pushed is drug use, right? So if you look at, um, dang, what's that dude's name that just passed away from an overdose? Juice World. 
Yeah, Juice World. So if you look at his music, right, he's always talking about popping pills, this, that, and the other, being depressed, things like that. Um, other people are pushing that same message as well. Now you got kids, like my kids, they love listening to Juice World. Like, if I hear one more Juice World song, <laughs> it's going to be a wrap. But now, you know, it's getting ingrained in them, like, oh, popping pills, even though he's saying don't do it, now I want to see what it's like. You know what I'm saying? Um, so anyway, so definitely I highly recommend people listen to that episode because it's awesome. And it really gets your brain thinking about what's going, what's really going on. So basically what you're saying is between the school, the school system and from what, from what the children listen to, the, this way that this way that we mis, mishandle money is basically ingrained into us. Like we're supposed to be like we're systemized from uh from from the jump, right? Yeah, pretty much. And the only way to combat that is if you unlearn the false stuff that you've been taught, and then infuse in that place something that you um you know additional knowledge so be actively involved in learning on a daily basis and then that way you'll be um you know you'll you'll be able to not take whatever their word is you know we we were taught columbus uh discovered america right everybody's taught that when they're young right but it's not until you got older where you actually did some of your own research or you saw some of your own videos or heard your own you know for yourself and you like dang i've been lied to this whole time but that's what they're trying to do okay so it's funny you say that first of all uh, please forgive me if i might have inf- uh, offended you with my with my language but speaking at but um 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 uh, dang i'm saying um too many times <laughs> it's fine um I'm passionate, you know what I'm saying? It's like God has put this passion for education in me over the past few years. So I was teaching a black history lesson for my ACES kids, right? And one girl just up and says, So we have been so we have been taught lies. It was that pregnant pause, that uncomfortable pregnant pause. Where part of me wants to say, yes, you really have. But no, I can't say that because that's how you lose your job, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, I won't say that you've been taught lies, but some truths haven't been made known to you. A lot of times it's um, deeper than what you, you know. So, for instance, like, yeah, Christopher Columbus came over here. He did come to America. Was he the first? No. But that's what this, that's the narrative that the Spanish wanted to portray. So that way they can own more of the quote unquote new land. If they say, oh, we were the first ones over there, then they can lay claim to, you know, more of the land. So, anyway, (laughs) it's just all crazy. And really, I am really considering, and I told my husband this today, 
um, homeschooling my kids regardless of what happens with this whole COVID thing because I want to be able to teach them things that a is practical that they can really use like we'll definitely do money lessons and everything like that but also i want to be able to control the narrative and what's being programmed because i want them to learn more about african prince princes and kings and queens and princesses and things like that because it's important that you know a variety of different things like we'll learn different religions we'll learn about different cultures and not just you know the whitewashing that happens in the textbooks first of all first of all to that point i want to say shout out to my man uh jabari taylor i mean not jabari taylor uh to jabari uh uh jabari uh abdullah wrote his book called the boy who grew up to be king um, it's a children's book. It's about Mansa Musa. Mm. How many of our kids know about Mansa Musa? They hear the most. They hear who is the richest man in the world. They'll probably say Donald Trump, Bill Gates, uh, Warren Buffett, probably even a rapper. But not the richest man in the world. Black kids look like you, and maybe even uh, related to one of them. Mm-hmm. So. So tell me so tell me this. Tell me this. How do we as a people expand our mind? No, 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 I tell you, no, how about this? Back to your video in which you were caught in which you were calling all of us to feel like we are in competition out. I'm joking, by the way. <laughs> But back, but in your video, you mentioned how you've been expanding. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, let's just talk fully about expanding. Okay, so let me tell you before before I get your opinion on this, tell me this. I want to get your opinion on something. Okay, I'm in the theater. I just joined the Dramatist Guild. Shout out to Miss Yvette Holder. I like to think that I am a great supporter of black businesses. I like I like to do black theater when I'm not cooning. Black theater that doesn't have me cooning. But a lot of my theatrical work has been with white people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in a lot of plays that were written by white people. I've had a lot of white directors. When I do this, when I um, as I as I grow into the dramatist guild, I'm going to see faces of I'm going to see a lot of faces that don't look like mine. It's going to be straight up. We are the world multiculturalism up in there. However, I know that I want to continue to build my people. Like you've seen two of my plays, they were black stories, right? So tell me, how do you balance that? Because you mentioned the UK. I don't know the person who you have been dialoguing with from the UK is a uh, black. Um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that you have built your business and dialogue with people who look like you and don't look like you. How do you balance that? So I feel like, um, to me, it's not. So what I do, right? That's a tough question. 
not, I'm just trying to figure out how I want to form it. So to me, everybody, dang, how do I want to put this? <laughs> so well, go I ahead. Do, okay, okay, here we go, here we go. I do what I do, right? To spread financial literacy. Now, most of my customers and most of my audience looks like me right because they can relate to me they can um you know they understand what i talk about i talk a lot about the black struggle and things like that but a lot of my audience does not look like me well some of my audience does not look like me and they might can relate to a part of my story as well and so my thing is I don't really care what you look like. <laughs> if you want to get this financial education, please do. The only caveat I have to that, please do not be openly racist or sexist or whatever. And, you know, think it's going to fly. If I find out, like, <laughs> I really don't want you um, listening to my stuff or reading my stuff or getting any of this knowledge because... I don't condone that. But if it's somebody that doesn't look like me as an ally, you know, they understand the Black struggle, they're willing to learn more about the Black struggle and the Brown struggle, um, then to me, that's quite all right. Please do. Please come over. I'd love to have you. But where I virtually shut my doors is people that are not open to that message, people that are racist or sexist or whatever it is like that because to me you're hating somebody right and to me you should love everybody so there's no room on my platform for hate anywhere so that's really the only people I have an issue with <laughs> everybody else like by all means if I can help you with my message then please do a lot of the times we do need we do need our allies because they're the ones that can pull strings for us so like and it's sad to say that it really is but sometimes you can go for the same thing um let's say for instance it's an award right let's say you go in hard for this award you really really want this award um you get all of your community to vote for you to you know make sure you get it but it might take that one ally that's like this person knows what they're talking about this person you know should be nominated for this award or whatever get this award and then you get it you get what i'm saying like we do need our allies and it's important that we um embrace our allies because the more people that understand our story and can um, support our narrative that we are trying to push, then the better. But I don't have room for hate and I don't have room for people that don't like other people for nonsense. So. <laughs> so pretty much what you're saying, so pretty much what you're saying, and number one, give yourself a round of applause because you're younger than I am, and I'm uh getting and I'm getting and I'm kind of like asking you for advice. No, <laughs> but that goes to show you can learn from anybody. You can learn from anybody. Definitely. I learn from my kids all the time. My one, my my oldest son, he taught me just this past week 
but I can put my phone on airplane mode and turn the Wi-Fi off and I can play games on my phone without ads. I didn't know that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> and so he taught me that and he's my son. So you can learn from anybody. Well, there you go. And also, and also you have come, you probably, you probably helped me out with something that I've been wrestling with for a while. Like, what you're saying is make your product to service to service those who enjoy it. And it don't matter and it don't matter whether they look like you or not, but you do have a heart for those who do look like you. Mm-hmm. That makes so sense. Like, so like for instance, you know you said your two um, plays that you wrote were for black people. But I can almost guarantee you that there was an ally or somebody that watched it as well and enjoyed it too. So even if you make it towards a certain audience, sometimes it's people that want to understand the story or want to understand the narrative or where you're coming from, and they might enjoy it too. So well, well, let me clarify. Sorry to cut you off. Let me clarify. my plays that I wrote, they were black stories and they were about black people, but yo, I don't care if you a daggone, I don't care if you are um, uh, from India or whatever. If you enjoyed it, great. Um, yeah, I did have, um, I did have <clears throat> people who originate from the Caucasus Mountains um, watching and enjoying them. Both products. Hopefully. So stuff like that. Say it again. I said, why don't I just think white people? I'm trying to be so wordy. <laughs> Cut it out. <laughs> I can assure you that I am just a regular person. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, when you are a creator because I'm a creator too I, I mostly write and then of course I have the podcast when you're a creator you just put your work out there your only concern is making sure that your quality of work is where you want it to be and then you put it out there and whoever happens to enjoy it enjoys it it doesn't matter what they what they look like um, if, if I can touch a life you know to me, that's the greatest joy and the greatest responsibility that I have in this community and in this world. And so whether you black, brown, white, yellow, green, purple, blue, it don't matter. If I can if I can touch your life, then that's what matters to me. Only way you'd be purple or blue to me is if I was high. <laughs> now, um, now, as we start to dial this down and stuff, I gotta ask you, um, how's COVID life right now, and how can we all save our money during COVID? Right, so, I mean, COVID life for me, apparently, this is gonna have to be our new normal. It sucks, but, well, I'm not gonna say it all sucks, because I've learned a lot of good lessons, and I've done a lot of good things during this time, but... I'm a people person. I like being out. I was just thinking the other day, I was like, dang, I wish I could have been driving Uber and Lyft. You know what I'm saying? 
just because I like interacting with people. So for me, it has been kind of difficult because I'm an extreme extrovert and, you know, being stuck in the house all day, every day, or, you know, only going out for certain things and not being able to speak in front of crowds and things like that. To me, for for me, it's kind of draining. You know what I'm saying? Um, I get my energy from being in front of people, being in front of crowds, speaking. That's where I get my energy. So I will say, though, it has been good when it comes to saving money and, you know, people paying attention. That's the one thing that I really loved about this whole COVID thing and everything that's going on is that more people are paying attention to their money and it's unfortunate that it took a whole pandemic for it to happen but I'm grateful that people are starting to do it and so um I will say just stay aware like even after all of this is over and everything may go back to normal keep being aware of your money um just like you know you might have gone two to three months or so without getting your nails done your hair done haircut you know all of those things just keep that in mind later on like dang do i really need to go get my nails done every two weeks i just went through all of covid and i ain't even get my nails done you know what i'm saying <laughs> so, so maybe i didn't need it as much as i thought i did and so um just take these lessons that you've learned or maybe you lost your job And you're like, dang, now I might have to think of a side hustle or, you know, start thinking of a a, a thing, a career or whatever I can make myself. Keep that same energy when this is all over. Like, make sure you keep that same mindset. Don't get stuck going back to the -the run-of-the-mill stuff that you was doing before. Use the lessons that you've learned during this time to better yourself in the future. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Beautiful stuff. So, um, so, oh, dang. I forgot to like, I forgot to get you to expound upon expanding. Expound upon expanding. See what I just did there? Mm-hmm. Alliteration. <laughs> exactly. How, how does one, how does one expand? I got an idea of how to expand, and I'll give my idea after you give yours, please. So expanding can look like a lot of different things. It can look like, um, you know, introducing a new service to your business, or introducing a new product, or um, doing things a different way so it's more efficient, it's better. It can look like getting a new client base. It can look like expanding into a new region, a new part of the world. Um, what I urge people to do, um, so when I say expanding, it can be any of those things. Now, in the video earlier, I was particularly talking about expanding in regards to the locations where you market and where you have your you know, customer base. If you have a business that's a service or um, something that's easily transferable online or things like that, don't think just within your 
circle of influence. So like your immediate friends, family, you know, friends of friends, Greensboro, whatever city you win, whatever state you win, whatever country you win, start thinking beyond that. So let's say you're killing the game in Greensboro, or let's say you're not even killing the game, but you're noticing that Greensboro is not really buying the product or service that you have. Start thinking outside to, let's say, Winston, High Point, and then start thinking in terms of the whole triad area then start thinking in terms of the whole middle part of North Carolina and then the whole North Carolina and then the whole East Coast and you know and so on and so forth so never get comfortable with where you are in your business you have to constantly re reevaluate and innovate so what that looks like for your business, I don't know. But these are just some ideas that you can take with you. I like that. So expansion to me, expansion to me is that plus not plus knowing where you can like um, further your market. I. I would say that the first, I would say that the best way to do that is to my is to go to a bigger city, go to a more major city, and start um, introducing your product to a more diverse class of people at those places, like New York. The world, like New York, the world is in New York. Like literally, the world is in New York. That's the perfect place to do so. But you'll have to find. But you have to. But you have to like. Get yourself to an area without uh, also without negating your Greensboro or Triad connection. Try to spread up there. You know, look to form relationships with people up there. Go to an area where your product could be of best use because you know whatever your product is depends on the class of people. I mean, I wish I would uh, go through the East Side of Greensboro talking about hey, who wants to tofu? You know what I'm saying? Um, I thought that was funny. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> not <laughs> But anyway, you do that. You you decide what area to best use your product, and you go from there. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like once COVID is over and we're back at it, it's uh. I would love to go um actually before COVID hit, I was trying to figure out ways to get my play to Broadway. Off bro off 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 Broadway. But you know, in the area. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But of course, COVID can't shut that down. But you know what? That just means that instead of physically going places or physically trying to follow up with people, you just take all your efforts online. You know, Right now, everybody's working from home or online. You know, stuff is slowly starting to open up, but the majority of people are still at home. Well, you know, that means you might send an email. That means you might make a phone call. You know, there's still ways to to do business um, with COVID shut down. So, or it could mean that it's time to research even further. Maybe this is the time that you take to research more into what you're trying to do 
and that doesn't that doesn't include me and anybody <laughs> you know what I mean um so just because like something happens doesn't mean you stop pushing for what you're trying to accomplish absolutely I got like three four five plays on the table right now that I'm currently writing yo Tiffany um as we start to wrap this up what does the future hold for you um so I am kid free this week yay so um (laughs) I'll be doing a lot of work um creating courses so what I really want to help other business owners do is digital marketing so I built Money Talk with Tiff from a blog with like one reader or whatever to an empire where I have thousands of followers on all the social media platforms and, you know, I'm I'm listened to in almost 30 countries around the world. And I did that from digital marketing, like digital marketing was how I did it. And so I want to teach other business owners that maybe doing you know something else or even the same thing that i'm doing how i was able to build it and get the following that i have so um my goal is to have a webinar by friday um on digital marketing and after that you know have the courses that break down each and every part of it because podcasting is digital marketing blogging is digital marketing social media is digital marketing newsletters is digital marketing and i do all of that and i've built my brand over the years trying different things some things work some things didn't and so i want to give people um my knowledge like what i went through so that's coming down the pipeline um i'm trying to write a book if i can sit down long enough to do it um and that's going to be around budgeting and like your relationship with money and then um you know, still podcasting. You can find it Money Talk with Tiff. Um, you can find me on social media at Money Talk with T and over at the blog MoneyTalkWithT.com. Nice. So um, you, so you put out there how can people, how people can find um, your uh, your product Money Talk with Tiff. How can people contact you, Tiffany Grant? Yeah, so um, on the website, you'll find links to send me messages. It even has where you can send me a Facebook Messenger um, message from the website. So I'm very accessible. Um, Even on the website, you can book a call if you prefer to talk to somebody. So um, I'm very accessible any way you want to contact me, reach out to me. You'll find all of those links on the website. Nice, nice, nice. And if you want, and anybody want to contact me, my email is eight. I don't have a, a website. I don't have a website with a whole bunch of uh, options. So here's how you contact me. Cut it out. ADQ for Christ at gmail.com. Avenue ADQ underscore on uh, uh, 85 on Twitter. Dion Chocolate Guy 85 on um, Instagram. And Adrian Dion Quarles on Facebook. Uh, that's my government name, A D R I A N D I O N Q U A R L E S. Please, please, please don't call it CIA on me. Uh, Tiffany, let's see. That's why this digital marketing thing is much needed because then you can go ahead and build your website, put your plays up there, you know, get your stuff going. So, 
yeah, I'll definitely keep you in the loop when it's when it's released. Well, I was planning on attending the webinar anyway. I mean, what's the call? Um, I don't know yet. I still haven't decided, but um, it is gonna cost something because I made a post about that the other day. Um, we're not gonna get into that right now. Maybe that's on a future episode. But it is gonna cost something. I'll catch the rerun. I'm sorry. I said I'll catch the rerun. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. I'll let you know. You you'll see it on Facebook or social media. I'll do a whole release on it. I'm sure, I'll, I'm sure I will. And yeah, I'll check it out. And yo, I got to tell you, Tiffany, you uh, you inspired me to... You, you inspired me to... Okay, I'm a theater person. Theater is what I do. Acting, poetry, writing, all that good stuff. Rapping. I'm, I'm planning on getting back into rapping. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. But there is... But it's called music business. It's called, uh, it's all called the movie, the movie business. It's all called business for a reason. And you inspired me to tighten up the business end of exactly what I'm trying to do. Cause you know, Adrian Quarles is a, ju- is a juggernaut, and so are you. Mm-hmm. Another thing that you are is an asset and a very very valuable member again of the Renaissance. Um. Your people need you, and your people thrive with you. Thank you, thank you. I'm, I'm so honored. Like, <laughs> if you can see my face right now, I'm like, ah, this is awesome. Um, thank you. I appreciate those words. Well, you know, I want to. Well, you know, I, I want to say when they weren't true. And plus, you know, you just there's a, there are there is there are little black girls out there who have like the lowest self-esteem and they will probably and they were like see you doing what you're doing stuff that would like really hit a red button in them to really go after whatever path the greatness they're meant for right right and that's 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 important and that's part of what i do why i do what i do um, so I can be uh, inspiration or you know help as many people as possible you'll be surprised how many people you touch just by the work that you put out yes so now before I let you go I put I don't know if, I'm pretty sure you know this but on my podcast I put a lot of music right I'm a music person mm-hmm. I have no idea what your music tastes are so give me give me like three give me like three people so I can find them or else I am going to put I shot the share by Bob Marley because that's what we've been playing in my head all day. <laughs> um so that's the thing. I don't really listen to music like that. Um what? if Are I you? do wait, wait, wait. If I do, it's nothing new. Like I'll listen to really? a lot of Erica or India Ree or Angie oh, Stone or music or um uh Anthony Hamilton, you know, people like that, Jill Scott. Um if I do listen and listen to music, that's who I prefer, or some reggae, you know, I do like reggae. But other than that, um 
you'll find me listening to podcasts or audio books you know I'm very much a, a nerd <laughs> so I like to learn um, so anytime I cut on the TV or listen to something it's something positive uplifting or something where I can learn something new well, I just, well, I'm about, well, you about to learn something real quick. Uh, Erica Badu, my baby mama, she just don't know it right now. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> you know Tyrone was. You know Tyrone. Yeah. So what? You gonna be baby daddy number four? <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy. She you know. Said, I, what'd she say? Um, I got that from her for the D challenge back when that was popular. And she had that little freestyle talking about what she would do for the D. And she was like, baby daddy number four for the D. <laughs> and here and here I am about to go with the anyway. Um <laughs> you know, you know Tyrone was really about me. Oh, so you wasn't the ain't ish dude, the guy that had his cousins and everything riding off our coattails. <laughs> okay. That's the part of the song that I didn't hear. But, you know, you know, me and Bay were having problems. And, you know, <laughs> Paul Adrian doesn't sound gangster enough. I see. So, Tyrone, you needed Tyrone. Exactly. Gotcha. But anyway, what would you like to say to the uh, public, uh, Tiffany? Um, yeah, just keep talking about money. Keep talking about your struggle because you never know who might learn from your story and who you might help so um just keep the conversation going that's all all right you sound like an owl when you said <laughs> i realized that after i said it i was like dang that was a note wasn't it <laughs> it was an o for so but anyway thank you again for your time tiffany i greatly appreciate it uh, no problem thank you adrian Always. We will be talking again soon. All right. Bye. Peace.